tonight I am going to be speaking on Proverbs chapter 4, if you'll turn with me. Um, I've titled my sermon tonight, When the Fog Thickens. And before I start into it, last night I titled it with this title, and then this morning I woke up and I look out, and there was such a thick fog that like covered the trees and down the road, and it was just like an extra confirmation that God gave me that this was what he wanted me to speak. This chapter um, teaches us how to resist when the devil tempts us and how to stay focused on God. So I'm going to be talking about those two things. The first few verses, I'm going to start with verse 4. And the first few verses kind of give us an introduction to the rest of it a little bit. Verse 4, and I will be reading out of the New Living Translation. My father taught me, take my words to heart, follow my commands, and you will live. Get wisdom, develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do, and whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Verse 8, if you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will place a lovely wreath on your head. She will present you with a beautiful crown. Verse 10, my child, listen to me and do as I say, and you will have a long good life. I will teach you wisdom's ways. I will lead you in straight paths. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Take hold of my instructions and don't let them go. Guard them, for they are the key to life. I'm going to pause there for a moment. I don't want to spend too much time on, on this section. I want to get into the rest of it a little bit more. But this, the verses I just read, can be boiled down to kind of three different things. The first one is that we are to love God and his instructions above anything else in the world. The second one is that we are to make it our goal and our deepest passion to seek God and his way more, learn more of his ways, and surrender to him more, and commit our lives deeper to him. And the third one is to remember, to remember his commands and instructions. That's why I titled it, When the Fog Thickens, because when we're in the midst of a battle, it can be hard to remember what God has told us what he's told us to do, and the instructions that he's given us. Verse 5 says, don't forget my words or turn away from them. Chapter 3 starts out in the first verse saying, my child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. I have kind of a bunch of different ways that I help remind myself of different things so that when it's a little bit foggier for me and I, I can't see things as clearly, then I can remember and keep walking in the Christian way. And one of the ways is I have this journal. And in this journal, I've dedicated it to be my resolution journal. It's not like a yearly resolution or a New Year's resolution. This is my lifelong resolution journal. And here, I put resolutions that I am determined I'm going to follow throughout my whole life. Commitments that I'm making right now that I plan to hold to for my whole life. I am resolved 
to do these things. I'll read you a couple of them as examples. Resolved, often to renew my dedication to God. Resolved, that if anything ever seems more exciting than my relationship with God, to make most, both things a serious matter of prayer. Resolved, never to do anything that if I should see it in another, I would have just cause to be disappointed in them. And I have a few more, and I plan to fill out this journal more as I grow. And these are things that I'm resolved to do, that I'm going to go back through and read, and it'll help me remember God's specific instructions to me and the things that he's convicted me of. Now if we read uh, verses 14 through 17, these talk about how to resist when the devil is tempting us. Verse 14, don't do as the wicked do, and don't follow the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving, for evil people can't sleep until they've done their evil deed for the day. They can't rest until they've caused someone to stumble. They eat the food of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Verses 16 and 17 tell us what wicked people are like. And verses 14 and 15, the first two, kind of give us some instructions on how to resist the devil and how to not be that wicked person. First thing is that is in verse 14, don't do as the wicked do. We are not to lie, we are not to cheat, not to steal. Those things are wrong. We are not to do those things. And then the second one, um, verse 15, don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Whenever the devil puts a thought into your mind and tries to tempt you and pull you away, do we just simmer, like let it simmer and think about it more and more? Or do we tell the devil no and think about something else? Here he's telling us to don't even think about it. Don't let the devil put those thoughts into our mind. He will put those thoughts into our minds, but what we do after that is what matters. If we drop down to verse 23, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart. That is your emotions, your thoughts, and your desires. More than just rejecting when the devil tempts you, but also to guard your emotions, how you respond to people and your emotional response to anything and your desires that you have in life, the things that guide you. We need to guard those and make sure that they are aligned with God's word and his ways. There's a, uh, a quote from a play that I've been wanting to do at some point, but I haven't gotten to it, um, that I really like. It's, it's on the subject of your thoughts. And it says, listen, you sow a thought, you reap an action. You sow an action, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a lifestyle. And it all begins with your thoughts. That's why it's so important to guard our mind and our heart 
and to not let the devil, not let the thoughts that the devil brings into our mind, not let them simmer. Because if we do, then when temptation comes, it will be a lot harder to resist because we keep thinking about it. Because maybe we really want to do it. And verse 22 of this chapter says, Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Not only rejecting the devil when he puts thoughts into our mind, but guarding what we let come into our mind in the first place. The, guarding like the people that we are around, the people that we are with, making sure that we're not letting bad influences into our life that we don't need to. There are going to be times where we have to be around people that are not as good as we'd like and not, not as good of an influence. But in the times where we do have that option, then it says we are to avoid all perverse talk and stay away from corrupt speech. The end of verse 15 says, turn away and keep moving. This is all one action. We don't just turn away and then just stay here and maybe peek at it. No, we turn away and we keep moving and we walk away. Philippians 4.8 says, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or worthy of praise, think about such things. That is, the first thing we do is we say, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to react that way or say that thing. And then we think about something that is good. That is the action of turning away and keep moving. You think about that which is good. If you've memorized uh, verses or songs, then you could start quoting them. Or if you, um, you could start praying or praising God for something that he's done in your life. That is the action of keep moving. This, is, this was a really good reminder for me when I was restudying through this. Um, because I was, I was struggling with a temptation that it wasn't, that what the devil was tempting me to do wasn't necessarily bad, bad, but God told me it was wrong. He convicted my heart of it, and he didn't want me to do that. He wanted me to not do that. <laughs> and I was spending a lot of time watching different stuff on YouTube. And some of the stuff was fine, and some of it had lying in it. And that's something that God's really convicted me of. And so I was spending lots of time watching stuff on YouTube when I was tired or different stuff. And instead of doing that, I could have been studying the Bible or praying or investing in relationships around me. But instead, I was dwelling on that. And so when I would dwell on it a lot, it would get inside my mind. And whenever I would talk to somebody, a thought from a video I had watched might come in my mind. And I didn't want it to be that way. What I wanted was, whenever I was talking to someone, for a scripture to come to my mind, something that God had done for me, something God had brought me through. 
And God convicted me of that. And especially because some of the stuff that I was watching involved people lying. And as we just, um, because if I would let it get into my mind, then I might start doing it and not even realize. And it's wrong. So I wanted to get that out of my mind. And I was having a hard time resisting because I would let that thought simmer. I'd be like, oh, but that would be fun to watch. I'm tired. I want to rest. But what I needed to do instead, and what this reminded me of, was that when that thought came into my mind, when the devil gave me the thought to start watching that because I was tired, that was, it started to get foggier, and I started to forget my conviction, to forget why I had came to the, to the conclusion I did. And it was hard for me to remember. And so then I would let that thought simmer, and then I would decide, probably fine. And so it was kind of like a little bit of a cycle that was going on. And this reminded me that what I needed to do when that thought came to my mind was to say, no, I'm not going to do that. Maybe I don't remember why with my conviction, but I know that God has convicted me of this. So no, devil, get thee behind me, Satan. I am not going to do that. I am going to do what God has me to do. And so in that circumstance, I've been, I've been working on memorizing chapters and songs. So I could start singing a song. I am now a child of God. I've been washed in Jesus' blood, making me an heir to wealth beyond compare. So while here I press along, daily this shall be my song. I'm a happy millionaire. And that would get my mind off of it. And I wouldn't have that temptation anymore. And I could have power over the, the powers of darkness that were trying to take away my time. Now we're going to move down to verse 25 through 27. This is the second thing I want to talk about. So I talked about how to resist when the devil tempts you. Now I'm going to talk about how to stay focused on God. Verse 25, look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. We as the church need to get a vision of where we're going. Where God is leading us and who God wants us to be as Christians. Who he wants us to be in relationships with other people. And all, all the different things. We need to kind of see... At least for me, I need to kind of see where I'm going a little bit further out. I can't see it very clearly, but I kind of need to see that point so that I can start walking towards there. Psalms 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's word and his spirit is our guide. He will show us where we need to go and the steps that we need to take to get there. 
verse 25, look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. So if you would for a moment, I'd like you to close your eyes and imagine you're on a hill and in front of you there's a valley that goes up to another mountain. On top of that mountain you see a tree or something. You can't, you can't quite tell what it is, but you know that's where you're going. It's kind of foggy and you can't see it clearly. But then you take, you look back a little bit and look down at the straight line in front of you from where you're standing to the top of that next mountain. You see in front of you, it's not very far away, but there's a signpost. And it's straight in line with where you're going. A little bit further down, you see, you see a rock. A little bit further down, there's a stump. And all of those lead in a straight line to the top of the mountain where you're going. You can open your eyes again. That is kind of, that's how it is with our Christian walk. When I was younger, I had many dreams and desires of where I wanted to go, where, who I wanted to be in God, and who I felt he wanted me to be. And that was kind of like the top of that next mountain. I couldn't see exactly what it was. I didn't know where God was leading me exactly. But I knew that's where I was going. And so then you look down at the path, and there's that signpost. It's a little bit closer. It's the next step in your way. And so when it gets foggy, because when you start walking on this path, then it starts getting a little bit more foggy. And it's hard to tell. You can't see the top of that next mountain. But you can see that signpost. As you walk towards that signpost, and walking towards it doesn't mean that you're taking your eyes off of Christ or that you're not going towards that end goal because you've marked out a straight path for your feet. So for me, I had dreams and desires of where I wanted to go. But the first thing I needed to do was I needed to learn how to study my Bible. That was the first signpost. And then I needed to learn how to pray. That was, that was the rock. And then I needed to learn more different things. And for each of us, God has created us all so unique that the, what the signpost means in your life could be very different than what it is in mine. But it is all leading towards that end goal. And where that is, for every one of us, that's always the same, is that that end goal is a deeper walk with God a deeper commitment to him. Proverbs 16, 9 says, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Psalms 25, 9, He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. God is our guide, and he determines what that signpost is, what that rock is, and what that stump is that leads us to where he is leading us. And whenever, as we're walking, that we can't see that next place that we're going to, then we have a guide. God is our guide. He can see it, even though we can't. And we can pray and ask him to show us what we need to do next, where we need to go next. Verse 27 
Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. And that comes back to what I talked about earlier. Resisting the devil's temptation, not getting distracted by what the world is telling you and where the world thinks you should go, but instead focusing on God, asking him where he wants you to go, and letting him lead you. James 1.5, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God for it, and he will give it to you. God gives freely to everyone and doesn't find fault. When it gets foggy, what we need to do is we need to pray and just tell God about it all. We might be in a trial and it's hard and we're frustrated. We have lots of questions. We don't understand why. Just don't understand why for different things. And so in that time when it's foggy, we can ask God, we can pray, and he will show us. I've been getting into a habit of doing a prayer journal. And in it, I, I write in it about every day. And just, just tell God about what's going on. Tell him what, what I'm struggling with, my questions, and anything that really just anything that comes to mind. But it's especially helpful in that times when it's foggy and when I have questions. There was a few months ago where I was depressed. It took me a bit to realize I was depressed. Um, but I was depressed for a little while and kind of just didn't feel like pressing on. I knew that there was no option of giving up. I didn't want to follow in the path of evil. I would press on for God, but I didn't feel like pressing on. And so one morning, I, I just wrote it all down in my journal, wrote him down all my frustrations, all my questions. And when I write, I pretend that God doesn't know any of it in the way that I just tell him it all. He knows my story. He knows exactly what I'm dealing with, but he wants me to tell him. He wants me to tell him just like I would tell you. And so I wrote it all down, and by the time I got to the end, nothing particularly had changed. He didn't answer necessarily any of my questions, but the burden was just lifted. I wasn't depressed anymore, and I didn't I have that heaviness in my spirit. He just lifted it, just because I poured my heart out to him and told him. If we bounce back up to verses 18 through 19, it says, The way of righteousness is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they're stumbling over. God will lead us one step at a time. He doesn't expect us to be on that next mountain right now. He will guide us to that um, marker, and then he'll guide us to that rock, and he'll guide us to that stump, one step at a time, just as it says the way of righteousness is like the first gleam of dawn. 
it starts out dim and then it grows brighter and brighter and brighter until the full light of day. And it tells us another thing too, that as Christians walking on the path of righteousness, we should keep growing, keep seeking a deeper walk with him. And then the other option is verse 19, but the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they're stumbling over. If we reject God and reject his ways, then we have no guide. We as Christians have a guide. We can tell him all our frustrations and he will lead us and he will give us a big hug when we're sad and he'll help us when we're in trouble. But the way of the wicked, they have no guide. They live in total darkness. They be stumbling over in life and have no idea why. But we have this promise. Verse 12, when you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. God will keep us safe. And sometimes, sometimes we may stumble a little, but we can ask God why we're stumbling and he will show us what that stumbling block is and we can correct and get back in line with his will. In closing, whenever, whenever the devil tempts you, say no, rebuke the devil, and turn away. Focus on something else. Desire a deeper walk with God and press on using his word and his spirit as our guide and our comforter. for they will keep us on the right path. Resist when temptation comes. Press on, even when it's hard to understand why we are pressing on or why we had this conviction. Are you, are you pursuing a deeper walk with God? Are you trying to grow deeper in his will and learn more of his way and grow in a closer relationship with him? Are you struggling right now? Is there a temptation that the, that the devil keeps throwing at you and you just can't seem to beat? God is our guide and he will lead us through all of our trials. So press on. Thank you.